Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... Mars. Hi, Mars. Hello. Uh, how do we know each other? Um, well, <laughs> we were in a band for like a day. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> then you came to the open mic I go to. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much. Um, I'm both like sad and not sad about that project sort of like fizzling away, but. I, I agree with you. So <laughs> I had a ba- uh, basically given a song to Lee. Um, yeah. And then in that whole process, I was like, actually, wait, never mind. I like the song. I want to play it for myself. Sure, sure. So I got my song back. Mm. So that's something that I feel yeah, yeah. good about. But also, like, I lost the opportunity to be a part of music. So Sure. Yeah, but you can still be a part of music. I mean, You're yeah, I'm a part of stuff. music all the time, just not with other people. Right. That's fine. <laughs> um. So, wait, did I say? Yeah. Okay. Uh. Who are you? What do you do? Um, I am Mars. I go to school and work, and that's it. <laughs> Sometimes I am with friends, but that's about the only three things I do. <laughs> I guess I write songs, too. Yeah, you but... make music. That's a, a, I know you for that, or I know you through that, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. I guess I kind of sold myself short. I am a musician. Um <laughs> I lost my train of thought. That's okay. Uh, I mean, that's a good enough thing. Which of those things is your main thing? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, my instinct is to say musician, but I would say currently I am doing more school than music. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like kind of at its core, like if somebody was like, what's one cool, interesting fact about you? Share with the table. I'll be like, oh, musician. Yeah. So yeah. I guess that would be my thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what are you going to school for and why? I am going to school to be a women's gender and sexuality studies major. Um, I haven't quite worked out all of the details with what I'm going to do with that yet, but I basically want to do something along the lines of like teaching um, like accurate sex, positive sex education. Oh, yeah. um, Doing something with Planned Parenthood. I have to get my (laughs) hands on that. Um, And then... Also kind of a weird in the back of my mind, like goal is to be a college professor. Mm. Um, but I don't know if I have the drive within me to get a PhD. <laughs> so. Mm, depends. <laughs> How do you like typing very long papers? Um, I think <laughs> the longest paper I've ever written was like 15 pages and that was fine. Um, but Lucky numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> rookie numbers at least yeah. as far as like phds go yeah um so yeah i don't know i don't know if i can write like a 200 page sure. like i'm sure i could if i tried right but do i want to pay a lot of money to write a very very long that's, book that's paper no <laughs> um so why that major good question um <laughs> 
it kind of, I, I was writing a paper about why I was a feminist the other day. Mm. And basically the point of the paper was like, it's the natural conclusion of my life to be where I am. Mm. Um, essentially the last like three generations, like my great grandma, grandma and mother have all been very strong and interesting women in their own ways. Mm. Um, and kind of when you come from that you're already like before you have the language for feminism you're kind yeah. of like okay men and women are equal um and women are not treated the right way so mm -hmm. you already believe in that and then i got older and realized like what feminism was and then mm -hmm. i learned what intersectional feminism was um and it all just kind of fit it just gave language mm -hmm. to what I already believed in. Yeah. Um, and then I learned there was a major for that. And I learned that, like, I could possibly spend my entire life, like, helping LGBT plus people yeah. um, or, you know, helping out women. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I got it. I have mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah. And so here I am. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, what is your definition of feminism? Because that's a troublesome thing. <laughs> if i if i wanted to just give like the baby definition it's literally like men and women are equal and now we have to fight to bring women up to that mm -hmm. and i think when i say that a lot of people get confused where they say oh i think i think they think that we want to bring men down mm -hmm. um and that's not entirely how i see it at all sure um because it's really just like paying women the same or even just like getting a doctor to listen to their like problems and yeah, not yeah. just brushing them off sure. so it's it's not i don't know, I don't know. <laughs> it's just kind of like there's a lot of injustice in the world mm -hmm. and especially towards women and then you can't even like get into like women of color and then like disabilities sure. and that just trails off into its own thing but essentially my definition of feminism is like mm -hmm. believing women are equal to men and then working to make them equal to men yeah <laughs> uh this is a dumb question but how are they not <laughs> uh so i mentioned the pay gap mm -hmm. um and then i mentioned like the doctor's office um mm -hmm. and stuff like that like i have a couple of like chronic pain issues um mm -hmm. and getting diagnosed with those was really um hard because when you go in and you go, hello, I'm in pain every single day of my life. Sure. They go, oh, it's hormones. Mm. And I'm like, I literally, what? <laughs> um, I remember I was, I think, either eight to 10 years old and I was having migraines frequently. Mm. And I went to the doctor and my mom was in there with me. And I don't know why she didn't stand up for me, but also who knows. Um, I was mm -hmm. like, hey, I'm having migraines. And like I said, eight to 10 years old. And my mm. doctor was like, oh, it's hormones. And I'm like what hormones <laughs> like yeah. I literally don't have them I have them but like I don't have them yet yeah um and that was just kind of the first like thing that made me realize that like people don't listen to women and I don't identify as a woman but mm. like I present as one sure. so people treat me like one mm. um and I got off on a tangent anyway the way mm -hmm. women are not equal pay gap doctor appointments um and then also in just general, like the victim blaming. Mm. Um, let me count the ways. <laughs> They're all escaping me right now, but there's so many more. Right, right. Um, and I mean, I asked the dumb question because it's like, 
yes, there's a range and we know that. And that's why these are things worth fighting for mm -hmm. uh, and fighting against. Um, why is another dumb question, but why is the world this way? If men and women are equal, why do we just not do that? <laughs> um, there's a lot of history involved in that question that yeah. I am not privy to. <laughs> um, why is the world this way? Um, I don't know. Because actually, like, when you go really far back into history, mm -hmm. like, women played like a really really like integral part mm -hmm. of society like a lot of women were like the hunters and gatherers and stuff like that yeah. like women were very important and had a very important place in society and there's like something about like whenever they left like nomadic cultures like when people stopped like traveling around and like hunter and gathering and stuff mm -hmm. um they started to like have children whenever like farming was invented and stuff like that they started mm -hmm. to have children because they could stay in one place yeah. um and then somewhere in that it all got lost in translation mm -hmm. and women's job became child rearing sure um and then somewhere in that translation it became their only job and the only thing they're worthy of doing mm -hmm. um and then hundreds and hundreds of years of history happened and mm -hmm. then we are here today mm -hmm. yeah um I mean, there's also just, like, biology to blame. I mean, yes, like, men and women are literally different in that we have the distinction. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, there's also the truth that, like, uh, back before agriculture, we would, like, men and women would raise children together. And also just as a community. Mm -hmm. And so it didn't really matter really who your father or mother were. It was just like, hey, guardians. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, trailing into uh, sexuality. Uh, there's, I mean, feminism is specifically political. Mm -hmm. Uh, but then you go further into sexuality and sexual education and Planned Parenthood and all that stuff. Why that? Um, so I would say like kind of my own experiences in life has kind of made me uh, want to do this stuff where like when I was in school, um, we had like one day mm. um, in the fourth grade. Mine, yeah, I had. Yeah. We had one day in the fourth grade where we watched a video about periods. They separated the girls and they separated the boys and the mm. girls watch videos about periods. And I don't know what the guys watched a video about, but who knows? Um, Balls. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, it was a video about periods and that was it. And actually, for the rest of my time going to that school, we never talked about sex or body issues or anything ever again. I had to teach myself all of that, mm -hmm. um, at which point I became, I don't want to say very educated, but pretty educated sure, sure. Um, in everything. And um, at least more than most people are I mean, your age in Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, more than anyone in my school got. So. Yeah. And it kind of just, I started learning about, like, the rate of 
teen pregnancy in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also the rate that like more like lower income, like cities and stuff like that mm-hmm. have a lot more um, unplanned pregnancies and un- yeah. like, and it's all education, yeah. you know, like it's literally it. Like luckily for some reason in my graduating class, I don't think anybody got pregnant um cool which good on them um (laughs) but like it's still one of those things that like we have like one of the highest rates of teen pregnancy in the u.s Mm -hmm. um and i can see why sure no one says anything yeah um and it's just i think it's so important because like people get really mad about abortion and they're like, you can't kill Mm -hmm. babies. And I'm like, well, if you think about it, if people use protection and birth control and if birth control was free or a lot cheaper and Mm -hmm. more readily available, um, there would be a lot less unplanned Mm -hmm. pregnancies, which means less abortions. Mm -hmm. So the answer kind of solves itself. But then people are like, if you teach people sex ed, then they're going to have sex. And I'm like, I mean, they're going to have sex anyway. So might as well let them know about it, Mm -hmm. I guess. Like to me, the answer is clear, but I literally got into an argument with my neurologist the other day about (laughs) this. So how old was this person? Uh, he's old. (laughs) (laughs) That kind of explains some of it. Uh, the good old okay boomer. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but so then how do we uh, – I'm full of stupid questions. Uh, <laughs> why doesn't abstinence work? Um, uh, because people just don't do it. <laughs> That's it. Like, yeah, abstinence technically is the best way to prevent pregnancy and the spread of STIs. But, like, no one does that. Well, some people do. But, like, no one does that. Mm-hmm. Like – it works when people do it, but people don't. So that's yeah. why it doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> why? I mean, shouldn't if if abstinence is like the most effective way to prevent pregnancies, then that should be the only thing that we're teaching. I'm clear sarcasm. Yeah. But, you know. The, yeah. Go on. <laughs> um. I don't really think I had much more to that thought. <laughs> uh, it's just kind of like uh, have sex if you want and just wear condoms and use birth, con- birth control. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what – I mean, what did you learn yourself because of your going beyond just the one day in school that they told you this stuff? And what was like the thing that – made it so important to you that you were like i want to look into this further i don't really know what made it so important to me Mm -hmm. it just kind of was yeah um i was just kind of like learned about i was like oh yeah this is what i'm meant to do and just kind of ran with it yeah um i think like what I think also what made it more important is like I my mom and I tell each other everything and like I would like she was talking to me about something and I I told her about um something about periods mm-hmm. and she was like I didn't know that and I was like you're an adult. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that but I was like you should know this. Actually mm-hmm. you should have taught me this. Yeah, yeah. Um but like I don't blame her because actually I was raised Catholic. Um, so I did not believe in birth control whatsoever mm-hmm. growing up. Um, and then I 
just learned the truth. And <laughs> so even if she was going to teach me about all of this, my mm-hmm. like tiny Catholic brain would have been like blaspheme. Yeah, you yeah. are being blasphemous right now. <laughs> um, I will get to the religion thing later. Um, but side tangent, but I'll connect it. Uh, music. How'd you get into that? Why is that important? I have always loved music just Mm -hmm. as long as I can remember. Um, And I've been singing for as long as I can remember. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone's always been like, your voice is so good. And I'm like, "Eh." (laughs) Um, and I don't know. I always dreamed of like becoming a famous singer, Mm -hmm. you know, and up until probably about three years ago, that was still the plan. Mm -hmm. Um, I was still like, I'm going to be famous no matter what. Um, And then So I would write songs, which really they're more like poetry because they didn't have music to them. So I was writing poems for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like one day, I think I was like 16. um, I was like, I'm just going to learn the ukulele. Yeah. Um, Because I had tried to learn guitar before, but I'd never had formal lessons. And I was just trying to teach myself through books and it just wasn't working. Yeah. Um, And I had like received several guitars as gifts and it just never Mm -hmm. worked and I never played them. And um, so I like bought the cheapest ukulele I could find off Amazon. Mm -hmm. Not the cheapest, but one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try to learn the ukulele and I'm going to buy a cheap one because Mm -hmm. if I don't learn it, then I'm not going to like waste all this money on a ukulele. And then I learned it and Mm -hmm. it just kind of worked out. Um, And then I bought like a very expensive ukulele, which I will not say how much it costs because I'm ashamed (laughs) I bought it. Um, And then a couple years after playing ukulele, I picked up the guitar again. Mm. Um, And I'm not very good at it, but also that's because I don't practice. That's fine. (laughs) Um, Because really, like, I don't really have an interest in becoming, like, an instrumentalist. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not really my thing. I just kind of use it as a tool for my words. Mm -hmm. Like, ideally, if somehow I did get famous, like, I don't want to be known for, like the greatest guitar player ever. Like, I'm not interested in that. Mm. Uh, I just need my lyrics to have a vehicle (laughs) um, to ride so they enter people's ears. Yeah. Um, Do you, like, study music at all? Or is it more of just an intuitive learn-as-you-go sort of thing? Intuitive learn-as-you-go. I literally don't know a single thing about theory. Mm. Um, I was a music major for, Mm. like, a semester um i failed music theory so hard um and then i was like i theory doesn't make sense to me i can't that's fine um because also what i learned is that like essentially i know music theory i just don't know the words for it yeah um because like i can play chords for you that sound good Mm -hmm. together in a key but i would not be able to tell you what a key is or Mm. what chords go in the key Mm. i just kind of know in my head Mm -hmm. what chords should follow yeah so don't ask me to explain anything to you but i can play you the key of c right right yeah (laughs) uh who are your biggest musical influences uh influences i really like stella donnelly a whole Mm. lot um she is an angel and I love her. Um, I don't really know if she influences me. Like she kind of does in the mm-hmm. way that like she plays electric guitar and sings. Sure. Um, <laughs> but like 
my music doesn't sound like her music. Sure, sure. Um, I, I guess that would be an influence. I don't know. <laughs> um, and then I also really like snail mail. Mm. Um, another singer plays an electric guitar. <laughs> um, so I guess like those would be influences. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like what made me want to make music, mm-hmm. um, I would say probably like somewhere in between like early 2000s hot hot heat (laughs) and then like neutral milk hotel which Mm. i sound like neither of those people but like (laughs) hot hot heat was a big part of my childhood and Mm. that and like jimmy Eat world and green day and stuff like that um but then like for the last like seven years neutral milk hotel has been my favorite band Mm. and like anytime i think about like what I want to like get out of music. Like Mm -hmm. I realized that it's a, I don't want to say coping method. Like it is kind of a coping method, Mm -hmm. but like you can tell with Jeff Mangum's lyrics that like he's working through stuff. (laughs) Um, and they don't make any sense to me, but they feel, I feel them just so hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and what makes me want to make music is just like the thought that someone else could have that feeling. Yeah. So, Influences like Stella Donnelly, Snail Mail. Mm-hmm. Inspiration, Neutral Milk Hotel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I like that. Um, and I mean, I hear a lot of like Rebe- Rebecca Sugar type stuff in your stuff. I don't know if I've ever listened to Rebecca Sugar. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, have you ever watched Steven Universe? I've seen like the first five episodes. Wow, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean... Rebecca Sugar stuff is that like ukulele person singing sing songy stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's similar, and I think you would like it. And maybe you might be like, "Whoa, this sounds a lot like me. This is uncomfortable." But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or maybe this whole time I have been Rebecca Sugar. Oh, okay, that would yeah. make sense. Yeah, uh, this whole time it's just been me. Surprise. Okay. Well, I love the show. Thank you for being here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also I've moved away a lot from the ukulele stuff, mm. which recently I kind of made the decision that I want to go back to. Because mm. um, now my songwriting is so like heavy. Sure. Um, where like I literally wrote a song like about my abandonment issues mm. um, and like I played it once and I've never played it again because it was literally <laughs> so hard for me to play. Mm. Um, and then I saw a video of me the other day playing at the venue, which is where public access used to be. Mm. Um, and I was having so much fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I was playing ukulele and just singing and I was having so much fun. Yeah. Um, and I was like, music is still fun for me, but yeah. like, you know, I'm not writing songs about like growing a penny tree in my backyard anymore. <laughs> and I kind of miss that, like, ju- I don't want to say innocence, but like kind of Child-like just like wonder. Yeah. Just the, just the fun of it, you mm. know, just kind of like going, oh, okay, a spider. Then let's just write a song about a spider now yeah. instead of being like, oh, who wants to hear about my childhood trauma? Yeah. And that's a, that's an awkward thing that I go through a lot as well. So I get that. <laughs> um, what, I mean, sure. The, you kind of answered the question, but what do you write about? Um, I write about anything from <laughs> growing a penny in my backyard 
um, <laughs> to how I'm afraid of losing everyone I love. So <laughs> just kind of in general, I wrote a song about water bears once, nice. um, but then I also wrote a song about how I have a complicated relationship with my father. Mm. So just take your pick. Yeah. I, I could be either of those on any given yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can expect anything. Go for it. <laughs> um, what's something that people don't understand about doing music? So much. Um, For me specifically, um, I don't think I've received a lot of backlash when I told people I wanted to be a musician. Mm. Um, I have had some people being like, well, that's not a career. And I'm like, I I guess. I mean, like, it literally (laughs) is a career. I'm pretty sure you listen to music every day. So (laughs) I'm pretty sure it is a career. But um, I I don't know. People really haven't given me too much crap for it. Cool. but just kind of in general, people don't understand a lot of it. <laughs> um, kind of broader philosophical questions about music. But uh, what is selling out? Is there such a thing? I want to say yes. Um, but also I want to say no. Mm. Because... If you think about me, I've done like the opposite of selling out where I went from like writing really fun, upbeat ukulele songs to mm. like writing really sad songs. So mm. I'd like opposite sold out where like I unconformed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like I guess selling out is like conforming. Mm-hmm. But also I have to realize that like people change, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it's hard for a lot of people to tell the difference between changing and selling out. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like one of my favorite bands, I'm mm-hmm. still on the fence of whether I think they're selling out or not. <laughs> um, Cause their music has definitely changed in a way that I don't like. Mm-hmm. And I think if people don't like the change, then they call it selling out mm-hmm. um, because like Paramore is last album after laughter. Um, I loved that. It was such a departure from their old stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I've liked it more than anything else they've put out. Cool. So, like, of course, to me, that's not selling out mm-hmm. because I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, you know, they were writing songs about, like, depression or something. Um, <laughs> and now they're still writing songs about depression, but it's, like, to 80s dance music. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. And I think certain Paramore fans didn't really like that. Yeah. Um, me, on the other hand... Oh my God, I listened to that for a whole summer. Like, that was so much fun. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like, I guess maybe there's a thing as selling out, but really, I think it's uh, change. And if people don't like it, they're going to call it that. Yeah. Because um, I do think, I guess there is people who do change for money. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I kind of maybe think that Panic at the Disco is doing that right now, currently. That's not an uncontroversial statement okay i have to like hush say it that yeah i <sighs> the dude literally like kicked out everyone in the band and it's yeah. just him now so well yeah. my my friend hannah really likes <laughs> can i get the disco so really i'm doing that so she doesn't hear me sure well i said it very loudly the dude kicked everyone else out of the band like two albums ago and then it's just brendan yuri but just kept the name because it 
is popular. Yeah, um, I literally don't even think you could call them Panic at the Disco yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's just Brendan Yuri. Yeah, it's just, it's Brendan at the Disco. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, and then I read something the other day that apparently, like, he didn't write any of the songs on, like, the first two albums. Like, maybe he wrote a little bit of them, um, but, like, I don't remember There's who. a band. Yeah, the band, <laughs> I don't know, and that's, a, I don't know, I know. I don't know. I stopped liking Panic like two albums ago. I was a big, I was a really big fan though. I went to like six or seven of their mm-hmm. shows um, and I like them a lot, but yeah. now I do not. I really like A Fever You Can't Sweat Out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a really big fan of A Fever You Can't Sweat Out. I don't think I'm a Panic at the Disco fan. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, and what's bad is that like with their new change, it's almost kind of made me resent it as a whole. Yeah. Um, Because like Vices and Virtues is really good. Mm. Pretty odd. Not entirely my favorite album, but mm. really good. And then A Fever You Can't Split Out is really, really good. Yeah. But now because of the change and mm. about how I am afraid of change and uh, <laughs> I literally can't listen to them anymore just because I'm like, it makes me angry and also it annoys me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. rest in peace, Penny at the Disco. Right. Um, well, I mean, it's just a it's just a different band now. But that leads me to the question right after that. Do you separate art from the artist? Usually no. Mm-hmm. Um I try to sometimes. Um but like the Orwells, um, Mario Cuomo, the lead singer, uh, basically got in trouble for messing around with underage girls. Mm-hmm. And actually, I think another Common member thing. of the band did too. <laughs> um, and I just undownloaded everything I had from sure. them. Um, also, they're bad live. They're bad live performers. Oh, okay. um, oh. I said it. That's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I, I undownloaded everything. Um, and like, it's really hard for me cause I love that band. Mm-hmm. I think they're a really good band. Um, mm-hmm. I think their music is really good. Yeah. And if I want to like get real fired up and like mm-hmm. kick a trash can over or something like that, yeah. then that's what I would listen to. Sure. Um, but also that's so gross. <laughs> like that's <laughs> yeah, such yeah. a gross thing to do. Has he like said anything about it? Oh, um, he was basically like, no, I didn't. And then the whole band broke up. So, uh, uh, which leads me, leads me to believe he was actually guilty. Um, I think that if he were innocent, he probably would have continued making music. Mm. Um, so gross. I hate him. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the absolute worst way that you can do that. Yeah. (laughs) I always bring this up every time I ask the question, but, uh, one of my favorite bands is brand new. Um, and it was a similar thing where, uh, a long time ago, the lead singer had like done some shit with uh, underage girls. And so, but he did the opposite where he was like, yeah, I did do that. I was messed up. I like went to therapy about it and I tried to talk to people about it. And like, I've done everything I can. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so at that point I was like, okay. And like, <laughs> yeah. So like what he did, I would consider to be unforgivable, but I think if you own up and go, I have made active choices to change in my life, Mm -hmm. then I think that's okay. And I think in that specific circumstance, circumstance, you can separate art from artists because he owned up to it Mm -hmm. and he was like, that was bad of Mm me. Oopsie. Um, It it wasn't just oopsie. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. um, 
and I don't know. I think that's good. I admire that. Mm-hmm. Um because, like, another thing that I brought up in class the other day was that we were watching Gone with the Wind, and mm-hmm. there's, like, that whole scene where they're fighting, and then it cuts away, and she wakes up in bed in the morning, mm-hmm. which, like, is a rape scene, basically. Yeah. Um, And we were, Blade like— as well. I had a thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we were discussing in class, we are like, can we separate the art from that? And— I had complicated feelings about that because, mm. like, that movie is also racist, but it was, like, made in the 40s or whatever. So um, so I don't support that stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the movie the movie is so beautiful yeah. um, that I just want to watch it because it's just mm-hmm. gorgeous to look at. Yeah. Um, and the same thing happened to me with, like, The Politician. I didn't really like that show, mm. but it was such a gorgeous show Mm -hmm. that I just kept watching it. Um, So I don't know. I don't know if I can separate art from artist or not. (laughs) Like I can, but I can't. It's circumstantial. Mm -hmm. Sure. Sure. Um, Yeah. And that's a good, that's actually a good answer. Like, uh, (laughs) um, why music? Good question. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, It just kind of is. Um, I, well, actually, no, I do know the answer to this. Okay. Um, when I was a kid, my parents were getting a divorce and, um, I could like hear them fighting from the other room. Mm -hmm. So I had stolen my mom's iPod and would listen to that at night. Um, so it was just kind of there for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I, it just affected me emotionally that I was like, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And now I do it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, no, that's actually really good solid answer (laughs) um what's something that people don't normally know about you i don't know i feel like i'm pretty open um i would say it is very surprising when people find out my favorite color is pastel pink um that usually surprises people (laughs) um it's not a very deep thing about me but i wear lots of black and red sure um which those are two of my favorite colors Mm -hmm. but like if i had a choice uh i would pastel pink i don't wear it because my face is usually pretty red Mm. so it like i just look like pepto-bismol basically (laughs) um but like favorite color and that usually surprises people but um anything else i don't really know i feel like i'm really open um and also like my friends know everything about me, so yeah. I don't think anything is really surprising. <laughs> sure. Um, and then what advice do you have for other people starting out in music? It's okay to sound bad. Uh, you will. Sometimes mm-hmm. for a while, sometimes for not a while. Yeah. Um, just have fun you know if it's what you want to do just do it and like people are gonna hate you um but like if it makes you feel good Mm. then like that's really all that matters like yes people hating you is very like terrible um and it sucks and it's really discouraging but like even if you just do it alone in your room Mm. um just do it it's very healing yeah um and it doesn't matter what you write about, just mm. write. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, changing gears 
there's no good transition. What is the role of spirituality or religion in your life? Really nothing right now. Um, I'm kind of thinking about going back to church Mm. um, just to kind of like test it out, see what's going on. Um, The I I believe in God, but I don't worship him. Mm. Like, I think he's out there. I Mm. just don't really know if he has that big of an impact on my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I've been thinking about going back to church. Mm. Um, But like part of the reason why I stopped is because like the no birth control thing of Catholicism and also like the the church feels about gay people. And and I don't know if I can separate the art from the artist. (laughs) Uh, Fair point. Uh, What is your definition of God? start there (laughs) so the way i came to terms with this a long time ago is religion in general like i imagine like a diamond that has facets on all sides um and in the inside of that diamond is god and then all of the facets are the different gods that people believe in Hmm. um i think that like god is everything but I don't think it's just one God. I think it's like a lot of different gods, but they're all the same God, if that Mm. makes sense. Mm. Like it's literally just like, I think humans need something Mm -hmm. to believe in. I think like the abstract concept of God is just too abstract. Mm -hmm. So they put faces to it. Sure. Um, But other than that, I don't know. I think, there is an air of spiritualness in everything, kind mm-hmm. of, um, but I don't know if I would call that God. I think everything is kind of magical, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's God. So, like, God's everything, but also yeah, he's yeah. not. Yeah. Um, how did you get to there from Catholic? <laughs> I have no clue. Uh <laughs> I don't know, I have a vague idea. So basically around like middle school or whatever, I was struggling with Catholicism and I had this babysitter um, mm-hmm. who went to Life Church and I did not like her. Um, <laughs> she found tarot cards in my house mm. and told my grandma that she needed to talk to her priest. And I was like, <laughs> literally just clean the house. It's why are you telling me how to live my life? Right. Um, And she basically had a lot of opinions that I did not agree with. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was trying to tell me that her way was right. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of like, well, your way is not right. But if I don't think your way is right and you don't think my way is right, then what is actually right? Mm -hmm. And then I came to the conclusion that no one is right. Cool. Um, (laughs) And then I just kind of decided to believe in whatever I wanted to. Mm -hmm. Um, So I actually was a Wiccan for quite a few years as well, Um, but not a very good one. (laughs) I was very solitary um, and like secular, I guess, Mm -hmm. Um, which I guess doesn't make sense with Wiccan because you believe in the God and the goddess. I don't know. I had a weird brand of like spiritual witchcraft that Mm -hmm. I did for several years. You also just said I decided to believe in whatever I wanted to. So there's not like rules here. And I don't know, I I was basically like, no one's right. Mm -hmm. Um, We all are just trying to live. And I'm just going to do what I want. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. That's dope. (laughs) Uh, Free will question mark? (laughs) 
I dropped a class uh, because the professor spent like the entire first day of class trying to convince everybody that we don't have free will. Mm. Uh, and I was like, I see your point, but you're literally so obnoxious that I mm. cannot handle a semester with you. Um, and now I see him in the halls and I'm like avoiding him. I'm like, don't look at me. <laughs> um, free will. I want to say, yeah, mm. you know, um, but in the same sense, I do believe that, like, maybe God knows everything that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. But at what point does knowing everything that's going to happen mean that you do everything that's going to happen? Like, mm -hmm. that you made that happen? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, I personally think I have free will. Um, I don't really know why I believe that. I just mm -hmm. feel like I do. <laughs> like, I don't know. I I'd also, I don't believe that everything happens for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, so I just think stuff happens because it happens. And then you do stuff because you do stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, if then you don't have like a specific thing that you believe or like a thing that really guides what the moral is then how do you determine what good behavior is how it makes me feel cool um like when i was like 17 i stole a lot <laughs> um and it didn't make me feel good mm -hmm. um at which point I was like, maybe this is not a good thing to do. Sure. Also, the law. Sure, yeah. That's... Kind of is illegal a little bit. <laughs> um, and I do things that make me feel good because um, mm. I think they're good. Um, I don't know. It's all very, I don't know. I want, I want to say circumstantial, but I don't really know. Of mm. course, the law tells you what is good to do and sure. not to do. Um, but like morally, like... I guess that's where my Catholicism comes in, where, sure. like, you kind of treat others the way you want to be treated yeah. and stuff like that. Like, the... And that's been around way longer yeah, than Catholicism, so. That was not the right... No, no, you're good, you're good, but... Um, has that been around longer than Catholicism? Okay. I was thinking <laughs> the golden rule specifically. Yeah, I yeah. was like, I think, was it always called the golden rule? I mean, probably not. I think the name for it came after Catholicism. I think morality definitely existed long before <laughs> Catholicism You're did. You're so right. I'm just so tired. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's just that, like, I don't know. The... Nope, this is not my podcast. This is your podcast. Go on. <laughs> I mean, it actually literally is your podcast. Right, but, like, I'm asking you questions and you're answering them, but I don't need to be like inserting my points of view we'll do that on the next episode <laughs> um what was the question again uh how do you determine what good is i guess uh it's just kind of leftovers from catholic upbringing i yeah. guess you know you just kind of learn what's good and bad mm -hmm. um but then i guess after what catholicism didn't teach me i kind of made yeah. up for myself um it's just uh i don't know i'm kind of i'm also kind of a moral relativist um <laughs> with like a little sprinkle of kant in there mm -hmm. like i do believe that you should always do the good thing mm -hmm. but in certain circumstances the good thing 
could be sure, sure. like yeah yeah <laughs> i'm right there with you uh <laughs> um then how do you live with or against the selfishness that permeates a lot of our culture especially in america i feel like i am pretty selfish um but also not at the same time mm. like i think i'm willing to like give up a lot sure but like when it comes to like my own happiness i'm kind of very stingy <laughs> if you can even call it stingy when it's your own happiness but right, like right. um like i really do think about myself first in a lot of circumstances mm. um which i don't think is necessarily a bad thing sure um i think there is definitely a time and a place to put yourself mm. first but basically through like a long history of manipulation i have now kind of swung the opposite way where like i go I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to do whatever I want mm -hmm. because it makes me happy, mm -hmm. um, which usually is a good thing, but sometimes does get me into trouble. Sure. So I don't really know if I combat any of the selfishness of society, sure, sure. but I also don't think that I am the most selfish person in yeah, the world. Yeah. Um, I mean, you did mention the golden rule. And so it's like, that's kind of the corollary connection where as to, I pull that question, but uh, <laughs> and that kind of goes into the political conversation, which is like, it feels like conservatism and progressivism is basically like, don't touch my shit versus, hey, can we like make a community, like help each other out a little bit? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, all of that to say, how do we reduce the division? Because the conversation has become incredibly toxic. Oh, God. <laughs> um, reducing. I honestly, if I could give you like a solid answer to <laughs> this, I would have solved it like we would not be currently dealing with right. this and i'm not looking for like the answer this is just like your opinion yo <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know where to begin <laughs> i think that like there's a lot of misunderstanding so like essentially like when people hear like oh you want free health care so you're just gonna tax us mm -hmm. you go well you're already being taxed mm -hmm. and if you like divide the cost of health care by everyone in the u.s it's literally like not that much yo yeah. like you're not getting taxed that much but i think mm -hmm. people are so concerned with like oh no more money um that they're just not willing to see it. So I think, like, even if you say, oh, we're only going to tax the rich, people still get real anxious about it. Sure. Um, And, like, sorry, I'll never be a billionaire. Like, it doesn't concern you. Yeah. But, like, it's uh, – what – like, if we could just, like, train, a, like, a really rich politician, just, <laughs> just train them and insert them into, <laughs> like – a right-wing thing 
Mm-hmm. And then they could just like <laughs> dismantle it from the inside. Because mm-hmm. I think that they're not going to listen to anyone outside of their own circle. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only way to do that is to just kind of weasel in yeah, um, and just kind of implant ideas that way. Yeah. Like I, one of my old bosses was super, super left-leaning, mm-hmm. but was registered Republican because mm-hmm. um, he wanted to basically like make sure the Republican he didn't want to win didn't get votes. So he voted for the other ones that sure, sure. were less bad. Mm-hmm. So I think like that's kind of a good like thing to yeah, do. Yeah. So I think like that's what we got to do. We just got to like train someone, mm-hmm. put them in the enemies yeah, yeah. thing and then see what happens from there right someone gets started on the bene- benevolent trump robot and then we'll like just do a covert replacement yeah and yeah it'll it'll be it'll really work. cool yeah i'm sure some stem team could do it yeah yeah <laughs> and then you know just because like if robot uh, if if robot trump went out and was like you know what maybe we should look out for each other and like try and work this out do you think the like maga folks would be like yeah okay or would they just like what the hell he's turned on us get him oh goodness <laughs> i i think there'll be a mixed bag on that one um i think that some people are so in love with him that no matter what he says they'll follow Mm -hmm. and then i think some people actually do believe that way and will Mm -hmm. turn on him um like my grandma i don't really think that she like is super interested in his paul she is but she isn't like yes she believes that like immigrants are ruining the country uh (laughs) but i also think that like she hated Obama enough mm-hmm. and loves Trump enough that if he was maybe like, hey, immigrants are not that bad, she would go, hmm, okay, I think I see your point. Yeah. Um, that's one specific example, mm. but also my grandma is um, cool sometimes. So. <laughs> right. Well, cultural indoctrination will do a lot to... Well, and then what yeah. kills me is that, like, literally her dad was Mexican. Mm. And she's like that. And I'm like, what happened here? Yeah. <laughs> Split our brains. Uh, <laughs> um, what was the other thing? Uh, what makes you optimistic for our future? Because things look kind of bleak. But, you know, let's give us something to look forward to. <laughs> mm, I don't know um i honestly don't spend a whole lot of time in dread i think it's because like i am too busy like trying to pass school um that like i don't really find myself with so much over like overwhelming dread um but like i don't want to say blind faith um but like kind of just like a weird optimism i don't know Mm -hmm. what keeps me optimistic but i'm just kind of like maybe it can't be like this forever (laughs) like yeah like statistically like maybe it couldn't be Mm -hmm. um and then also just kind of like maybe the world will end and we won't have to deal with any of this yeah uh which is like my weird nihilistic thing that i do that i go oh maybe i'll get a phd because then if the world ends i don't have to pay back student loans yeah (laughs) sure (laughs) 
But I mean, you can die anyways and still not have to pay a student. That's loan. true. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, do you believe that humans are evil inherently or by nature or whatever you want to I don't I don't want to say yes mm. um, I do think there are a lot of inherently evil people out there um but I think, like, through things like religion, mm -hmm. um, some people are good. Mm -hmm. um, but also, the world is getting more complicated every day. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that kind of complicates the nature of, like, good and evil. Mm. Because, like, yes, in, like, the 1800s, there were really bad people. But I also think that, like when you add in like social media and like television and then like news websites that can post whatever they want, mm -hmm. it really kind of muddies the waters of yeah. like what's evil. Cause also like how much of those evil ideas are your own. Mm -hmm. So I don't really think people are evil by nature. I think it's a lot of influence. Mm -hmm. um, Cause also going back to like, nomads of the thousands and thousands of years ago mm. which we don't really know all the ins and outs of them but like what was their nature like you know yeah, yeah. like was there a lot of murder then mm. or you know like i'd have to like be able to see the dawn of time to be sure, able sure. to really <laughs> see if people were evil i don't i don't think so i mm -hmm. think there are definitely evil people out there mm -hmm. uh, but i don't think everybody is evil yeah <laughs> um what makes you content my cat sweet that's it <laughs> what's your cat's name kind folly of cat? folly she's a she's just a house cat she's just a <laughs> tabby like american short-haired <laughs> mutt basically uh my cat and also like and just being around people i like yeah you know <laughs> That's it. Just kind of the company of others, I guess, is what mm -hmm. makes me content. Dope. <laughs> um, when will you be satisfied? <laughs> oh, yikes. I don't know. <laughs> um, I would say I become more satisfied every single day. Hmm. Um, of course, there are a lot of things I want, you know, yeah. like... I want to have, like, money to live, um, but also, like, at least with where I'm at in my life right now, um, where I'm not, like, dying or starving, yeah. um, I'm pretty content, like, there are things I want, like, <laughs> but I'm fine without them, yeah. so, I don't know, also, the older I get, I think, the more I appreciate the place I live in. Because mm -hmm. uh, growing up, I really hated Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. um, and then the older I get, I find better people and better communities and stuff like that. And I become more at ease. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really having this like burning drive to get out, got to get out, got to move away. Mm -hmm. um, so just kind of every day, I learn to love more things in my life. Yeah. And I become more satisfied. Mm -hmm. um, so like... Right now, currently, I am content and satisfied. Yeah. Um, tomorrow could be different. Sure. But I mm -hmm. kind of a general overall 
thing, I'm I'm pretty satisfied just yeah. kind of with where I'm at. Cool. <laughs> um, what advice do you have for people in general? Get some sleep. <laughs> Get <laughs> this, some sleep. Drink some water. Um, you know, eat food that you like and cook at home more yeah which is all things that i need to follow really <laughs> this is just advice for me that's fine um but i think in general if mm -hmm. people like slept and drank water mm -hmm. people would be a lot less angry yeah oh yeah <laughs> um can't remember yeah it was a podcast that i was listening to but someone was talking about how they were like they get into arguments with like their wife or something and a lot of times they'll like check themselves and be like are we actually angry at each other or have we just not eaten in a bit when was the last time that we ate and they're like oh okay cool we're actually just hangry mm -hmm. and then it like sorts itself out yeah <laughs> that's that's a really good i'm gonna do that next time i get into an argument i'm like wait a second eat a protein bar right like, yeah <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I just think that, like, then there's also, like, philosophical advice, which is, like, do what makes you happy, but that's kind of terrible advice. <laughs> like, it's good advice, but, like, it's overdone, and mm. um, it's hard to accomplish. Sure. So I think stuff that's easy to accomplish yeah. for most people, get some sleep, Small drink steps. some water, <laughs> cook at home more. Yeah. Pretty good. I guess learning to cook is also, like, a step before then. Yeah, yeah. Um. Maybe, yeah, maybe that's my advice. Learn to cook. <laughs> um, just because I know for me, cooking is very fun. And yeah. I always feel very, very proud of myself when I have completed a dish and it tastes good. Yeah. Um, really doesn't even have to taste good. Just if I have completed something. <laughs> yeah. Like if I have just made something, I try to plate it up all pretty. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm just that much more happy. Yeah, exactly. Simple things. Um, lastly, probably one of the hardest questions. Cake or pie? Pie. Cool. No I hesitation. I hate frosting. Okay. <laughs> uh, corollary to that is cheesecake pie. Mm. <laughs> I'll counter that. <laughs> Are smoothies fruit soups? Mmm... Soup requires heat. Mm -mm, there are cold soups. Mm, those aren't soups. <laughs> what are they? Uh, <laughs> uh, unblended smoothies. <laughs> um, like, technically, cheesecake is not a pie because the name says cake. Right. Uh, but also, like, just the nature of the thing is technically a pie. Yeah. So, yes, it's a pie, but also it is a cake. Sure. <laughs> so like name is yeah yeah like it's kind of semantics <laughs> like you know if well also because i you do like water baths for cheesecakes you know you put them in the water and then you put them in the oven mm. uh and you don't really do that for other pies mm -hmm. um i'm not a pie expert so i don't know sure so i think also like what you make the pie like how you make the pie is different mm -hmm. um I also don't think a lot of pies have like that graham cracker crust 
Yeah. Like maybe pumpkin does sometimes, mm-hmm. but like it depends. Yeah. I also mm-hmm. think that like there are little things that lean it more towards the cake mm. category. <laughs> it can, you know. It's an ongoing discussion. I like to ask the question. <laughs> it's fun. I, I love answering questions like that. Like, you know, is ketchup a smoothie? Mm, it's not. <laughs> I don't know, it could be. <laughs> um I think it's yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I love just answering dumb questions like sure, that. Sure. <laughs> Cause inevitably someone will get angry. Oh yeah. And it's so much fun. Not a big deal. Just drink some water. <laughs> yeah, drink some water, go to bed. Yeah. Uh, Mars, thank you for doing this with me. Thank you. Uh, where can we find you and your things? Um, mostly I am on Instagram at punk underscore Crocs. Um, I am also on Spotify. Um, I'm hard to find on Spotify because I only have like 17 listeners. Um, but if you search like dirt and then Mars and then you like find a picture of like some cups like some like a pot not a pot uh is that a pot like a you plant a thing in like a potted plant like potted plants on a windowsill but they're all dead uh and it's just like dirt basically Mm -hmm. uh that is my song dirt and then you can listen to me there yeah um, or there is a link to my Spotify in my Instagram bio, and that's yeah. going to be so yeah, much easier. Yeah, that's a lot easier. <laughs> also, come to public access if you're yes. in Oklahoma City. Um, every Sunday night, sign ups mm-hmm. at seven, starts at seven thirty. Comedy, music, poetry, really just kind of a variety show. You can do whatever you want there. It is an open mic. <laughs> you can do whatever, and I miss it. I wish I could go more often. I'm a very busy boy. Oh, and then also Public Access has an Instagram. It's at Public Access Open Mic, Mm -hmm. so you can get the updates. Heck yeah. (laughs) Uh, Wait, where is it again? Did you say that? Oh, it is at um, the Paramount Room on Sheridan uh, in, like, downtown OKC. Heck yeah. I love that place. The community's great. Everyone's super supportive. Do what you want there. Uh, Try stuff out. Be bad and then be good. Yeah, that's what I did. Yeah. (laughs) uh cool again thank you i'm very grateful uh i'm santiago ramones i'm mars you can find everything that i do on my website santiago i make music you can find my master's recital or uh all the singer songwriter stuff there's some stuff coming soon for uh, all the stuff that i've been doing with power cycle which is a electronic experimental electronic music trio you can find us on youtube uh or on instagram power cycle music that's yeah um but we're gonna be posting a lot more stuff soon and there's like a lot more music to be had soon but right now it's youtube so find that or my website santiagoramones.com where you can also find this podcast and you can find it on all of the other platforms, which you can like and leave reviews and leave comments and say the things that you like and hopefully not the things that you didn't like, but I like to know what I did wrong. Just don't say bad things about the guests because they are very good people. I was in the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong.